All right, good morning. Great to see all of you here. I'd like to just start with a question. Maybe you could share with the person next to you. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Okay, do you mind just sharing that briefly with the person next to you and maybe explain a little bit why you feel you're that way? Go ahead. How many of you guys are extroverts? Raise hands. Anyone? Yeah? Introverts? Yeah? Who doesn't want to answer? Okay. Well, the reason why I'm asking is this, okay? John Wesley said this. Do you mind shooting up that quote, Lee? Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I want to just let you know. You need one another. And John Wesley said that there is nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. Because there is biblically never supposed to be a stand-alone Christian, all right? I want you to hear me once again. Biblically speaking, there's never supposed to be a stand-alone Christian, meaning you need each other. We are created for a relationship, first with God and then with one another. So I'd like for you to look at the people around you, okay? okay. Beautiful, aren't they? Okay? You need each other. Okay? The book of Hebrews was written to a people that were tempted to go back to their way of life. And the author of Hebrews is saying one of the biggest resources that we have to fight that sort of temptation to go back to earthly things is Christian fellowship, right? There are over 50 one another's written in the Bible, and we're going to be looking at two of them, right? How Christian fellowship looks like, okay? It's more than just eating a meal together, although there's nothing wrong with that. It's more than bowling together, although there is nothing inherently wrong in bowling. But Christian fellowship is absolutely essential to our Christian vitality. And so we'll be looking at two of them. You guys with me? Okay, thank you. So let's look at verse 24. The first one another that we will be looking at is this. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good work. So what does Christian fellowship look like? Well, it is, there are two commands here tucked in the same verse. The first one is to consider, which means to give careful thought to what I'm about to tell you, because what I'm about to tell you is very important, okay? And that second thing that he wants us to consider very carefully is what? How we ought to, anyone? Stir up. That word stir is a very strong word, which literally means to stimulate, motivate, inspire, irritate one another towards this direction. And what is the direction? Well, there are two things that Christian fellowship does. It motivates, it, it inspires, it moves one another towards love and good deeds. Now, I gave you a slide just so that you can kind of clearly picture what the author of Hebrews wants us to focus on. It's the idea of affection and action. That we in our congregation, we should be a place where when we gather together, we inspire, we motivate, we sharpen one another towards affection and action that matters for eternity. Amen? That's how church fellowship should look like. Affection. 
What do you love? What, what does your heart and priorities look like internally? Does it honor God? Does it focus on the things that matter for eternity? Action. Do we do things? Not out of legalism, but do we do things that honors God? That are biblically based? That are focused on the right things? And you see, and I just want to point out something. I don't care who you are. In 2019, right, we're two days away. In 2019, you will struggle as a Christian in one of these two areas to honor God. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the senior pastor like Pastor Steve who's here. Okay? I don't care if you're Chris, the worship leader. You will in some way, I don't care who you are, you will struggle in the area of affection and action because we are human. We are weak. And so you need to understand, it does not matter who you are. You need other brothers and sisters that can inspire you, that can sharpen you, that you can open yourself up so they speak into your life. They say certain things to point you in the right direction. Because there are moments where you will love fantasy football more than God. And you need that brother that comes along and say, hey, maybe we should go to church together. There are people that will say, hey, maybe we should go visit that couple that just had a baby because they probably are going through a very difficult time and we want to go and pray together. And I don't know about you, but I've had so many beautiful moments where, where I've had people like that, that were faithful, that spoke into my life and it powerfully moved me in the right direction in the areas of affection and action. Let me give you one example. I remember when my brother was going through his trial period he was on trial, and it was a serious crime. And my church brothers and sisters would come to those trial meetings, and they would sit there hours with me. And I remember after, you know, and I, I don't know if you've ever been to different trials, but they always push it back. We had like, like 20 trial meetings. Every time, you know, maybe I would be discouraged, I would struggle, and I would have Christian brothers who would sit with me. And then they would speak truth into my life. And it would inspire, it would motivate, it would sharpen me when I'm discouraged. And I would all of a sudden feel invigorated with life, with their words that say, you can trust in God, John. God is trustworthy. I'll just keep praying for your brother. Things will work out. God has the best in mind for you. Those were powerful moments that I needed. That sharpened and motivated me or it's right affection and action. And I'm going to tell you right now, you need that amongst the fellowship. Because if you think you can just do it on your own, it's going to be very tough. I know this is very cheesy, but just to kind of remind you of this, I want you to do something with me. Take your right hand or your left hand, and with the person next to you, just join hands. Okay? You mind doing that? And then I want you to just kind of move it in a circular motion. This is so cheesy. I, I don't even like that I'm doing this. But I want you to say to one another, I rub you. Okay. okay. I rub you so much that I am willing to point you in the right direction towards God. Now, I want you to take your knee. I want you to knee the next person, the person next to you. 
And as you do that, I want, this is so cheesy. I, I don't even like I'm doing this. But I want you to say to one another, I need you. See, you're never going to forget this, okay? So cheesy. I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I need to apologize. But I don't want you to forget. Like, especially if the person next to you is a person you're married to, a person that you really see regularly. You need to open yourself up to allow that person to speak into you. Because you need each other. And sometimes it's words that they need. Sometimes it's, it's just they need to see you walk the walk. Sometimes they need you to maybe just take them to a prayer meeting. But whatever it is, to consider, to think carefully of how we can do that more creatively. Because you know that there are people maybe around you that are struggling with their Christian walk. How can you go and motivate, inspire them? Because that's what true Christian fellowship looks like. Okay? The second thing. It says, and I want you to see in verse 25, to do verse 24 well, you need to do t- verse 25 well. Okay? It says this. Let us not neglect or not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That word day is capitalized because that's the day when Jesus is going to come back for us. And the forecasting of the author of Hebrews is saying all the more we get closer to Jesus coming back, more and more people will have the habit of just not coming to church, not wanting to meet together, but they'll have the habit of just missing out on Christian fellowship. And if we look at our culture today, can we see this happening? Do you see this happening? Do you? Amongst maybe your friends, maybe some people that are struggling to go to church, this is happening more and more in our culture. I have a little video I want to show you. It's meant to be a little sarcastic, kind of funny, but this is what's called a virtual reality church because they're kind of mocking what's happening. Take a look. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again because Virtual Reality Church will style you based on your denomination. Not a people person? Select the introvert experience to completely eliminate the welcome team, meet and greet time, connect cards, and that awkward hold hands with the person next to you thing we still do. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom options even let you tailor the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you like and we'll select a pastor for you. We'll even let you tailor your sermon topics so you'll never have to attend a Vision Sunday or a sermon series on giving. And never worry again about dozing off during the sermon. With Virtual Reality Church, you can sleep as long as you want. Kids being bad in nursery? Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never miss a kickoff again. Want to go forward for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual all from the comfort of your couch. Finally, 
an option for people asking the question, how can I make Sunday morning even more about me? Virtual Reality Church, the future of church attendance. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a joke. This does not exist. So don't go shopping on Amazon trying to find this thing, okay? It does not exist. It's a joke. But the whole idea is if you're just focused on yourself and what you want, You're not going to want to just meet together. And I just want to say this as the pastor of our church. You know, fellowship and gathering and meeting together is not meant to be perfect. It's messy because you're dealing with people. And sometimes you have to deal with people's sins. And maybe they're just weird. It, it, and, but that's, that's a part of it. That's what the author of Hebrews is not saying, oh, yeah, maybe the weird people don't meet with them. But yeah, with the habit of meet with the cool people. That's not what it's saying. It's get together. Make it a habit. Embrace the brokenness of the Christian community and commit to joining together because it's not just about what you want. Christ has you here for a reason. I want to challenge you in 2019, make it a habit of joining and coming together for worship on Sundays. Do not miss. But not only that, join a community group because to to live out this command, I want you to know it's speaking more about just our daily walk, making it a priority. And let's just be honest, we all have legitimate reasons. We're all busy. There are things that get in the way of meeting together regularly, right? Even to go to a community group meeting sometimes is very challenging, and I know that. But what the author of Hebrews is encouraging us is to encourage one another to make it a priority because as much as food and water and sleep is essential to our physical bodies, meeting together in Christian worship and fellowship is essential to our spiritual vitality. And you need to believe and walk in a way where you prioritize this well because all of us have legitimate reasons why we can't. It's just, will you be willing to sacrifice to do it? I love this picture. This is a picture of a church in Philippines. It's flooded, but they're gathered together for worship. Now, they have legitimate reason for not being there. If they didn't show up that Sunday, I think that would be okay. But I want that to challenge us. Because look, we all have legitimate reasons why sometimes we can't get to make church. Now, I'm not saying be legalistic, check a box. No, it's not about that. But make it a priority because you know you need it for your spiritual vitality. If you are not in a community group, I want to challenge you to join one. Commit to it. Commit to Sunday worship. Even when you're on vacation, go find the worship service and commit and make sure you're making it a habit to join together. Christian worship and fellowship. I believe that this will deeply impact. Not only this, if you have children, I want to just challenge you because it will teach your kids that church is not an option. It is an essential for their life. And you're teaching them and discipling them well as they grow up. Does it sound good? Yeah? And this is something I, I, I really believe in our culture. We need to get right so that we are truly living out what it means to fellowship together with brothers and sisters in Christ. 
2019, I just pray that you would commit to one another in that way. Okay? Do I need to do this again? You don't? I don't, right? And I want you to forget to commit to one another, to love each other enough to say things to each other, to inspire, to speak truth, to pray, to join together for fellowship, true fellowship. But also, say, I need you. So not from a platform of just, I'm just speaking into your life, but I'm going to open myself up and meet together with other brothers and sisters because I know I need it. Um, I'm going to just end with this story. There was a story of a pastor, and he realized that one of his church leaders stopped attending service, stopped coming out to Bible study and prayer meeting. So a couple months later, he went to go visit the lad. As he visited him, he knocked on the door. They exchanged pleasantries, and he found him sitting in front of a fire. So he sat down comfortably next to him, not saying anything, just looking at the fire. A couple of minutes later, without saying anything, he picked up his tongs and took a burning coal and set it off to the side. And for minutes, they just looked at that coal, which was red hot, and then it started to diminish, 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 and then flamed out. The pastor said nothing. Picked up the tongs again. A couple of minutes later, picked up that cold coal and put it back into the fire. Not to anyone's surprise, it lit back up. He said nothing else, put the tongs down, and started to walk out. The man stopped the pastor and said, Pastor, thank you for one of the best sermons you gave. I will see you this Sunday. Look, if, I'm going to say this from a solitary Christian. And to truly live this out, you have to commit to one another. And I really hope that 2019 will be a year you look back and say, you know, I had faithful brothers and sisters that truly surrounded me, that pointed me in the direction so that my affections and my actions were maybe just a little bit more glorifying to God. That's my prayer for all of us, that our church walk in that way care for one another. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for simple words like this in the book of Hebrews. Because sometimes maybe we forget that we need each other, and that you built up the church in a way where we are the body of Christ. And as we pursue you biblically and vertically, I pray that that would point us to have horizontal relationships that truly look like these two verses here. So help us to commit to one another in a way where we can speak into each other's life, to push and to inspire each other towards the things of you, God. We love you so much. And we thank you for our brothers and sisters around us, God. And I pray for those maybe that are struggling to find those sort of relationships, that you would bring those in 2019 for us, God. Well, thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.